It's time for JT the Brick. What's up, JT? Gotta get this win. Get this win. Get one win. If anybody in this organization ever talks about losing in that building, they're gone. If I ever go to a game and my team doesn't care and they mail it in, I'm returning my season tickets. I don't care if you lose the game. You're going to lose, but act like you care. JT the Brick. We're trying to help the Raider fans get through these issues that they can't get through. And they just blame me, some of them, because they think, like, I hired the guys. JT's the guy who moved us from Oakland. JT's the guy who brought in Jimmy G. No, I'm not. I'm just a guy on the microphone from noon to two every day. And now, be ready. Here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT in studio with Bobby today on another Scorcher. I think they're going to be Scorchers pretty much until training camp. How about these guys at training camp? I don't think they realize... I don't think we've ever had a 118-degree day. Uh, put on the newsmen. Uh, Ted Pretty, we can get them all on here. Dana Wagner. Have, we've never had a 118 day, and we're going to get one. So does that, what does that mean? We're going to break the all-time record before Bug, Bugsy Siegel, Sinatra, Elvis. going to happen. And we went all these days without a lot of heat. Wow, man. Good time to get out to the beach. Good time to roll. Good time to go to the movies. Friend of mine today saw Mission Impossible. What was it? Mission Impossible 70 said it was great. So we'll catch up on some of that. But we got a job to do starting now. On the Raider flagship, we discussed the greatest linebackers in Raiders history. It's time for the Raiders Radio All Time Raiders Team. The best of the best at every position. The greatest rated team of all time. The Raiders Radio All-Time Raiders team. Today's position, linebackers. Okay, linebackers. Who are the greatest Raiders linebackers in history? So we got uh, until about, I, we got Vinny at the top of the hour. So I got about an hour and 15 minutes to pound through your phone calls and tweets. 702-365-9200 participation mandatory. This is the Raiders' flagship, not the Carolina Panthers. Okay, they have no history. We do. So we. I need four starting linebackers. I need four backups. I'm doing it a little bit differently with this one. I'm going to just go with a total of eight. That's my decision after talking, and it's too difficult to go middle, middle linebacker, outside, outside. I can't do it. I can't be that specific. I'm looking for eight linebackers. If you want to put eight in on your call, if you want to give me an honorable mention, uh, as we discuss this, two things about this category, which makes it very unique to me, is that there aren't any recent Raider linebackers who can get anywhere near the top of this list. That's concerning to me. There should have been some guy in the last 5, 10, 15 years that I could really talk about being a guy like Max Crosby, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, Derek Carr. You know, I don't have a linebacker that you know of recently, especially in Vegas, that I can put on this list. So I got to go to Oakland and LA, and I got to go back into the 11 Angry Men era of the 60s, one of the greatest, if not greatest, Raiders defense of all time. So when we look at the list and some of the guys that I'm including on this list, I'm just looking for eight, four and four. And what's cool about the first four is those will be your starters. Who are the four greatest linebackers in Raider history? I think there's one or two that are going to come in at five or six that could be three or four, which is good. That's why we're doing this whole debate here and having fun with it over the summer. But then the honorable mentions to me, the guys who don't get in the top eight, at like seven and eight and nine and ten, you could just flip-flop them. That's just open to anybody's opinion here. So as I've been doing with all of these shows, and I like doing it, I like to prep, 
the way I prep for shows is I just keep watching sports and I don't take any time away from sports. This one's a little bit different. Both laptops open, diving in, texting players, texting Hall of Famers, texting and calling friends of mine who know the Raiders better than me, and then putting together a whole list, writing it down, and then continuing to look at that list over a 10-hour period and then put these shows together. So today is the linebacker group. Who's your favorite Raider linebacker of all time? I think Ted Hendricks is going to easily run away in this category. So we'll get to Ted. And as I just said, Ted's getting up there in age. I don't know how I can make this point more clear. Ted Hendricks is getting up there in age. If ever a radio host asked you to call in on Ted Hendricks, you should do that. Because we were talking about the mad stork, Ted Hendricks, and that's pretty good, I think, for Raider content. Because we don't want to have to wait. You know, we don't have to want to talk about a down day in Ted Hendricks. We want to talk about his life because he's vibrant, he's here, he's always around the organization, and I could do six hours without a commercial on Ted Hendricks' impact on the silver and black. Uh, some of the other names, and I mean, the, I'm a big Bill Romanowski guy. Bill didn't play long enough to get on this list, but he could be an honorable mention. He played in a Super Bowl for the Raiders. He won an AFC championship game, played deep into the playoffs. Romanowski was a great Raider, but considered a Niner and a Bronco before the Raiders, but open to consideration here. The thing I think could get the phones going a little bit earlier than expected is Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack is in this category. He was drafted as an outside linebacker, no debate. Now, he's playing like an edge rusher, but here's how I can kill this topic. The greatest linebacker of all time, above Hendricks, above them all, Ray Nitschke's Lawrence Taylor. He's my favorite player of all time. But Lawrence Taylor was drafted as a linebacker and spent his entire career on the edge, rushing the passer. He played linebacker, too, on the outside, but he was on the edge. Same thing with Khalil Mack. I kept Khalil Mack out of the defensive end category, even though he's the only player in NFL history in 2015 uh, to be an all-pro at defensive end and outside linebacker. So I slotted him, Khalil Mack, in the outside linebacker mold. So I don't think it's, it's, it's uncomfortable to talk about Khalil Mack. He went to the Chicago Bears, and now he's a Charger. Once a Raider, always a Raider. Khalil Mack's on this list. Do you have him first team, or do you have him second team all time? We're going to try to get to that with your assistance by the top of the 2 o'clock hour. So that's what I want to hear from you. Khalil Mack should be a very polarizing topic today. I like him a lot. I don't make enemies with players. Some fans, oh, if you're dead to me, if you're not a Raider anymore, not me. I think anybody who put on the uniform is worthy of discussion on the flagship station. So I just gave you Hendricks. I just gave you a really good player in Khalil Mack. I gave you Romanowski just to start the show. Let me give you a couple of other names. Again, Rod Martin, a right outside linebacker. What a player. I mean, when you look at Rod Martin and what he was able to do, 165 games all with the Raiders, 147 starts. A two-time Pro Bowler. A one-time first-team All-Pro, 14 interceptions in his career, 33-and-a-half sacks, 12 playoff appearances, two Super Bowls, and could have won the MVP of Super Bowl 15 with three interceptions in the game. Tell me a better defensive performance ever in a Super Bowl than Rod Martin. Jim Plunkett was the MVP of that game. You could debate it should have been split. It should have been split between Jim and Rod because of that defensive performance. Uh, Dan Connors. Dan Connors, one of the greatest linebackers to ever play in the AFL. Part of the 11 Angry Men. 
a three-time All-Star, 11 years, 154 games, a AFL champion, a cornerstone linebacker in AFL history. As we talked about Tom Keating, who made my first team all-defense, Tom Keating, a hell of a player. Uh, This is Dan Connors right there next to him. What a defense the Raiders had. What a defense the Raiders had in the 60s and in the birth of the 70s and were able to get a lot going on there. Just incredible. Friend of the show, Phil Villapiano, foo, from 71 to 79, a cornerstone. 118 games, he missed only one start. 11 interceptions, 17 fumble recoveries, and made the premier big defensive play before Willie Brown made the interception in Super Bowl XI. Old man Willie! It was Phil on the goal line popping a ball loose at the one-yard line that stopped the Vikings from gaining momentum in the Super Bowl. I think one of the most underrated plays in Raiders history, Phil Villapiano. Uh, Other names, Jerry Robinson often appears on this show, a first-round pick from the Eagles. He actually lost to the Raiders in the Super Bowl in Super Bowl XV, became a Raider. 1985, seven seasons with the Silver and Black, another linebacker who could catch the ball. 12 interceptions, 15 fumble recoveries. He just was a great player. 97 games with the Raiders for Jerry Robinson. That's a long time. He's a very good player. Aaron Wallace, eight years with the Raiders, 35 starts in 102 games. Wow, where do you slot Monty Johnson? When you think of the mustache of the Raiders in the autumn wind and Monty on the sideline in the ghost of the post, he broke a vertebrae in his back and continued playing. Man, that, that gives you some points. Unbelievable. The 1973 second rounder, the legend at Nebraska, Super Bowl eleven champion. He also played middle and outside linebacker. Very versatile player. As I talk to all the legends of the Raiders, including Phil Villapiano and others, a very versatile player overall. Great player. One of my favorite people to ever be around, Jeff Barnes. 11 seasons with the Raiders, 157 regular games, 13 playoff appearances, 13. A two-time Super Bowl champ could do it all from special teams to linebacker. Jeff Barnes, a great Raider linebacker. Where do you slot him? Kirk Morrison, five seasons, didn't miss a game. Did not know that. Five seasons, didn't miss a game. A whopping 496 tackles in 80 games. Over six tackles a game for Kirk Morrison. Gerald Irons, 1973rd round pick, six seasons, 56 starts, seven interceptions. He's another guy like Mack and Hendricks that look like a down defensive end in today's day, but played linebacker. The death of Thomas Howard affected us all. I loved him in Oakland. I I just can't imagine where he'd be with this organization today if Thomas Howard was still alive. May he rest in peace. Reggie McKenzie, former Raider general manager, former Raider linebacker. Many said one of their favorite teammates. Highest regard, Reggie McKenzie, came with a lunch bucket. Every time he played football, did his job and stayed with the organization in an executive capacity. Bruce Irvin, more famous for the Legion of Boom, LIB, and the Seahawks run. Came to the Raiders, played hard, played really hard. Bob Nelson, a two-time Super Bowl champion out of Nebraska. Second-round pick in 1975. Bob Nelson played in two Super Bowl wins. He's got two Super Bowl rings at linebacker. Not a lot of guys can say that. Apollo Creed. Carl Weathers. Apollo Creed. 
linebacker for the silver and black. We mention him as we open up the show. And then we go back to some other recognizable names here as we build the linebacker page. The great Matt Millen, drafted in 1980 in the second round out of Penn State, won the Super Bowl as a rookie, played nine seasons for the Silver and Black, 133 regular season games. He started 127, 11 playoff games, two Super Bowls, four in total. He was also a two-time All-Pro. Matt Millen, one of the greatest middle linebackers, in Raiders history. Greg Beekert, 1993 to 2001, the seventh round pick out of Colorado. 144 games. Didn't know six playoff games. Remember, he didn't play in the Super Bowl team for the Raiders. And he would have had the most iconic moment in the history of the Raiders' modern era. He recovered the tuck rule fumble, and they took it away from him. Woodson off the edge, balls out, Beekert falls on it. It could have went down as one of the greatest fumble recoveries in NFL history. I believe it took a potential Super Bowl away from Greg Beekert, a valuable player on this team. Greg Beekert, 702 tackles in his career. Wow. And Gus Otto, 1965-72. to People think of Jim Otto. You should. You should think of Gus Otto, too. 102 games, a four-time All-Pro, a member of the 11 Angry Men, AFL 1967 championship game. Those are just a few. So I can't, I can't read through every linebacker. Not every, not every linebacker is worthy to be on the first or second team, but they were Raiders, and we want to get that in. We want to get that in on who these guys are supposed to be and, and their impact that they're having. So dial up the phones, 702-365-9200, and tell me the impact, the players and the impact of the position of linebacker in your life as a Raider fan. Raider man, starting us off, we appreciate it. Up north in the Bay Area, go ahead. Right on, JT. I appreciate you, brother, man. Hope you all having a great and prosperous day out there. You too. Keep myself busy, man. You know you're in my wheelhouse right now. This is my fun house. And I always, I, there's so many different linebackers that we can attribute, you know, that true respect to. And I'm appreciating the list because you got to really line up a bunch of them already. That's some great research. But just one name, and I'm so grateful that y'all haven't picked it because this is my favorite overall. It's the only guy that now is it, it, a special one for me because I graduated high school in 1991. This guy went undrafted in the 1991 draft as a fullback, and nonetheless. And King I was one of them early, uh, I see something better than you pro- uh, projects before they can really deny him at the end of the line. Mike Jones. Mike mm-hmm. Jones ended up getting the Super Bowl with the Rams with that spectacular tackle. I think it was on Michael Dyson, like at the half-yard line mm-hmm. or something like that, that procured the Super Bowl for the Rams. And I hated that so much because it was, it was almost analogous to how when the Raiders left from Oakland and immediately went to L.A. and then won the Super Bowl. And for like, that's my linebacker out there making that tackle. That's my Super Bowl right there on the line. And so, I don't know, I'm just always kind of a little bit PTSD. But I'll never hear Mike Jones' name come up, man. And he's a special one for me because – he was one of those last players that, you know, King out letting you know you don't know what you're talking about more than me. Terrell Pryor was really the very last one. I mean, of course, his, his potential wasn't fulfilled. But Mike Jones, I think we really just missed the bus on watching a superstar with that guy. I mean, you know, he'd be converted from fullback, only 6'1 and 240. That dude was a beast, and he was one of my favorites. My, my all-time little quick favorites list, 
I'm going to just go down there quick because Quiet Lion got to be up there around the top. And I call him Greg, uh, Greg Beaker. I call him Quiet Lion. I, I miss my friend. He was one of the people on the team that actually had numbers. We, we actually had communications. I call him a friend selfishly. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I haven't talked to him in a while. I pray the best for him. But I look at him like uh, like Barry Robbins. You know, they're in that same ilk. And Romo. <laughs> Romo Cop. That's the only linebacker. That's really he's the only player that signed my autograph special to Raider Man. It's like he really cared who I was. And for all the stuff that that brother go through in his life, I just pray for him all the time. Because a lot of people that's misunderstood, I understand those people. And he's just one of those. He's on my favorite list regardless of whatever going on in his personal life. And Jerry Robinson. And Jerry Robinson's one of my favorites because when I was a kid growing up, one of my best friends' name is Jerry Robinson. And so it's just almost like I kind of transposed that to having a player on the team. And it made me feel special. And we all was Raider fans, so it just was like it was a special thing to me. So I don't know, just jumping mm. in the pool, throw a few names out okay. there. But Mike Jones is the top of my list, and I appreciate getting the chance to put Thank my dude up top. You got it. Raider man checking in, starting us off. Old school Raider fans seem to be most comfortable with this topic. I think new school Raider fans, Vegas fans are listening. We see our streaming numbers. Thank you. And those who listen, and hopefully they're listening and learning about the history of the linebacker position here. Again, I I continue to say this, and I'm not going to back off because I'm currently a Raiders radio host. we got to get this linebacker position fixed. And I know Ziegler's working on it. It's important to him. we got to get linebackers in this group who are going to burst and become pro bowlers. I'm talking about Hall of Famers here. i got gold jackets. I'm not looking for a gold jacket from Divine Diablo. I'm looking for him to play up to a pro bowl level. If you're going to play on the Las Vegas Raiders, you have to prove that you're worthy to compete for a Pro Bowl at some point. We don't need Nate Hobbs being a good player for 10 years. We need Nate Hobbs going to Pro Bowls because he's unbelievable, and they teach him to be better. The linebacker position, very important to me, my favorite position in football because of Lawrence Taylor. And I know that Dave Ziegler's got his eyes on these hybrids and these players and disruptors. Raider Mike, I was going to say Raider Mikey. Mikey in Staten, Italy. You're kind of a Raider fan out there in New York, Mike. I appreciate you. At 100%. How you doing, JT? Good, so, buddy. That uh, Raider guy just nailed it before. So, obviously, Hendricks is the bellwether. But I remember a 10-year-old watching the Raiders and watching the physicality. Rob Martin was my linebacker for, for the Raiders. I loved everything I had in his jersey. Mm. Uh, and, and what made him so special in my eyes, uh, JT, is when the stakes of the game got higher, he got better. He, it was like he could raise his game uh, to it. Not only the two Super Bowl rings, the uh, pro bowler, first team all pro. He was, he was the guy for me that I had his jersey watching the games in New York, you know, just catching a game every other week, you mm. know, on TV. But, JT, one linebacker that the Raiders drafted that I thought was going to be the next great linebacker, and he never quite lived up to it, Rolando McClain. Yes. I thought he had every skill imaginable. That was a great day, JT. Yeah, you're right about that. And he was very, it was a big disappointment, Rolando McClain, because coming in out of Alabama with his skill set, there were just a lot of people that thought he was going to be that guy. He was going to be that guy and solidify the defense for a while. I think he had maturity issues when he came into the league. He wasn't he's just a guy that wasn't consistent enough at the position. But, man, talent-wise, again, it's such an important topic. What do you want from a linebacker? The skill set to just tackle. Uh, I think the most important thing now with these linebackers is they have to be smart. 
They have to be athletic. You don't have to be big and oversized. You don't have to be a Matt Millen who was great. Matt Millen was great. Was he as athletic as some of the guys we see now? No. But he knew he knew the defense. He was a defensive lineman in college and linebacker. He could read the defense. He could get to the right hole. He could make plays. Rod Martin was a very opportunistic player, was able to find the ball, which linebackers today, it's, it's, it's nice when a linebacker can find the ball and intercept one. It's nice, but it doesn't happen as much. And someone that just can go sideline to sideline and defend the pass. The Raiders have been exposed by the Kansas City Chiefs because Kansas City knows in the past, and hopefully that changes this year with Spillane and Diablo, and maybe they get another one. Kansas City and Andy Reid goes into every game and goes, let's start off by exposing the Raider linebackers in pass coverage. That's it. I'm the game plan. I'm the game plan. I respect our defensive coordinator. I would tell you I'd walk right into the meeting and say, here's what we're going to do. We're going to cover the pass with our linebackers on Kelsey. We're going to knock him out. We're going to take a penalty. We're going to make his life miserable. And Kelsey comes in here and he just owns the place. Owns the place because he knows no one can match up with him. So that's why you bring in Epps at safety, who played for the Eagles, played against him in the Super Bowl. That's why you bring in Spillane, who I think is decent in the pass. you got to have guys who can cover. And you have to have guys who can cover tight ends. It's been a weakness of this team. I think they're about to turn the corner. Raiders 66. Great to have you on again as we go to the linebackers. Go ahead. Hey, no, no problem, man. What a treat to hear from Raider Man again. That guy knows uh, so much about uh, Raider history. It's, uh, it's awesome. But uh, you're absolutely correct that uh, the, the current Raider nation that's just growing here in Las Vegas hasn't had any linebackers to, you know, cheer about. That's uh, just been a, a black hole, no pun intended, of, uh, of talent there. But, you know, what we need, we'll, we'll be talking about this guy when you get to the defensive backs. They need a George Atkinson to knock out some of these tight yep. ends. Uh, Kelsey, he wouldn't be going over the middle if uh, you know he was there. But uh, I, I gave my uh, my guys uh, a couple of days ago. I got Hendricks, Filipiano, Millen, and Mack as as my starters. Mm-hmm. But you know, you talked about Reggie uh, Kinlaw being a 12th round draft pick, maybe being the greatest 12th round draft pick in the Raiders. There was a guy two years earlier that they picked in the 12th round as well, number 317. And it's funny how this happened. The Raiders had just won the Super Bowl, so they're picking late in the draft, and. Uh, all the players on their draft board were kind of gone. I mean, the ones they had, they really weren't that thrilled about. So they had this connection. John Madden had a boyhood friend named John Robinson, mm-hmm. head coach at USC. And uh, he calls John and he says, John, he goes, we don't like any of the guys left on our board. You got anybody that hasn't been drafted yet that might be good? And he goes, well, let me check. He goes, yeah, I got this linebacker who, uh, who I think will do pretty well. You know, pick him. So the Raiders selected him in the 12th round. Turned out to be a guy by the name of Rod Martin, 12th round draft pick. And he was two years before Kinlaw. Mm-hmm. That's two of the best pickups in the 12th round that you can ever think about for the Raiders. And they teamed up in Super Bowl 18. I told you about Reg, uh, Reggie Kinlaw stuffing the line on, uh, on uh, Riggins' fourth and one. Martin's the guy that tackled him. Next play, uh, Marcus takes it the distance and pretty much puts the game away. But yeah, that 67 team, real quickly, that has got to be just talked about more and more. Ike uh, Lasseter, as you said, had 17 sacks, but they didn't count until 82. Dan Birdwell, a defensive tackle, had 14 and a half. And uh, the Raider record is 16, uh, Derek Burgess in, uh, in 2005. But there's a kid named Tony Klein in 1970 mm-hmm. as a rookie. He had 17 and a half sacks. I mean, the Raider defensive history is just so glorious, and we need to get back to that. 
JT, thank you so much for the time. Go Raiders. Yeah, have a great excellent day. phone call as always. Excellent phone call. We appreciate it. If you want to get through, uh, let's get you up here. 702-365-9200. We're looking for eight linebackers today. What a show we got lined up. Reggie Kinlaw, who I put on the first team. All defensive line for the Raiders will join us next. Reggie Kinlaw coming in. Vinny Bonsignor at the top of the hour. And then before the show wraps up, we'll give you the first and second unit for the Raiders all-time linebackers and honorable mentions. Nothing personal, just some summertime radio. Brought to you by PT's, the best happy hour in town. Five to seven, midnight to two. Make sure you check out the Strat, the rebranded Strat. The lobby is incredible. William Hill right there. And the PTs with great wings, go check out the Strat. Pretty much my whole career, I didn't wear pads in practice. Because it started with the 49ers and Bill Walsh, Mm -hmm. you know? And, but here's the deal. The way I finished plays in practice, I, I like rolled my hips and made it like I was finishing the play and knocking the crap out of somebody, you know, on a sideline, coming over the middle, coming up through, you know, the middle of the line. I, you know, you have to make sure you are seeing it like you're in full pads Mm -hmm. and exploding through someone with that same kind of intensity. You just not, you know, you just not laying the wood on them and you save that for Sunday. JT Raiders all-time team brought to you by Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. Box combo. My kids love it. And I eat what my kids eat. And they bring it in all the time. And they're coming through the drive-thru and they're coming through the house. I can smell it. Here come the Canes. Proud partner of Raider Nation Radio and a big part of our summer promotion. The Raiders all-time team as we stay at the linebacker position. Reggie Kinlaw will join us in a moment. Who probably could have played linebacker, but he played defensive tackle. Uh, the struggle I'm having before I have to come up with my final group, my top eight, uh, where do I put Monty Johnson, Greg Beekert, and Gus Otto? Right? Because Beekert was a really good Raider, very good player. Monty Johnson and Gus Otto played in much bigger games than Beekert, much bigger. But Beekert was a hell of a player, very good linebacker. You know, I wouldn't put him at the likes of Millen and Villapiano and Hendricks, and they're going to take up a lot of this list here. They are taking up a lot of this list of the iconic players, and I think we'd all agree today that Khalil Mack's going to make this list. It's just a question of where are we going to put him on the list because Mack had a huge impact with the Raiders, and he had one of the greatest milestones as a defensive player in NFL history. Uh, being pretty much the best linebacker and edge rusher in a year for Khalil Mack when he was here. As we went through our all-time Raiders defensive line first team, we put Reggie Kinlaw on the first team with the legends there because Howie Long, Greg Townsend, and what we had here with Mr. Keating up front because of his two Super Bowls and the impact he had. And Reggie, thanks for joining us. I hope you enjoy the summer and you're enjoying the summer. Boomer, how are you? What's up, JT? I couldn't be better. We've been talking about you all week and just doing a fun radio promotion on the Raiders all-time team. And 
People still can't figure out how you dropped to the 320th pick in the 12th round. How many teams missed on you in multiple rounds? I've never asked you this. Was that a motivation factor for you for going that late? Yeah, it was a big motivation for me because, uh, you know, JT, I actually thought I'd probably be maybe a fourth or a fifth round pick. But sitting around two days waiting for a call and the 12th round, I'm like, well, it was the excuse behind it because I was too small. Mm-hmm. I had a, I had two bad knees, which I only had one bad knee, but I'm not big enough for the NFL to play nose guard. Yeah, and, and I get that with you, and especially with the knee coming out of college here, but you also played – you know, at a high level at Oklahoma, and the, the success you had there, just amazing that a couple of teams missed on you. We just had a caller call in right before you who mentioned the same thing with Rod Martin before you, and Rod Martin went in the 12th round, and everybody missed on him until Madden called you know, the great coach and friend of his at USC, and they brought Rod Martin in. And so you and Rod were both 12th-round picks and two-time Super Bowl champs. Did you talk about that together? Oh, we always talk about that. We we call each other twelfth round. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I see him, I say, "What's up, twelfth round?" He say, "What's up, twelfth round?" Yeah, oh. we, we we talk about it a lot. But um, it you know, like like I tell all these young kids that's coming out, it, it it doesn't matter, you know, what round you get picked, uh, your size. It's all about the heart. And um, fortunately enough, me and Rod got blessed to be on a team like the Raiders. Yeah, I think that's what's so great about these picks and Mr. Davis and your connection. Reggie Kinlaw is our guest. You know, all the big games you played in, the era before you, there were a lot of great players who played in big games, but they lost championship games and they were hunting down Super Bowl eleven and finally got it with great players such as Otis Sistrunk and the other guys who were up front on that line. When you came into the team and you came into this team when you were drafted and you came in 1979, there was some, there's still some great players from that era before you, and then you get a chance to win two Super Bowls. So is it fair to say that was maybe one of the greatest eras in Raider history with that many Hall of Famers and great players like yourself? Well, I, I tell you, uh, let, let's talk about Super Bowl 15. Um, it, it was kind of my second year in the league. I was, ex- I was excited. I was pumped up. But it kind of felt like a bowl game to me because coming out of Oklahoma, you expect to win. And you also go to a bowl game. So, But the Super Bowl 18, it was, it, it was, it was very important to me. It was mm-hmm. special to me because, you know, we had players like um, Lyle Alzada played in the, played in the, game, um, the NFL for about 10, 12 years. Greg Pruitt played 13 years. Right. And these two guys never had an opportunity to play in a Super Bowl. And I'm going to tell you what they, JT, I'll never forget this. After the game was over with, to see the tears in Lyle Isaiah's eyes, and he was so happy, we hugged each other, and I said, hey, man, thank you very much. And he said, thank you very much to you, too. So wow. um, that was the most exciting thing in my life. In your life, Reggie Kinlaw. And you had a pretty big individual matchup in that Super Bowl against the Redskins. And you look at what they had up front on that offensive line, and you were an undersized player, and you demanded a double team 
against one of the best offensive lines to come into a Super Bowl and not win. What was that like for you during the week, reading the press clippings and wondering if they were going to try to run the ball at you and what they were going to do with you up front at the nose tackle position? Well, you know, I got got to the point that I got tired of hearing about the uh, Washington Redskins, a.k.a. Hogs. Yes. Yeah, the Hogs going to do this, the Hogs going to do that. And uh, my, my mentality is that, hey, we got to concentrate on John Riggins. We can't let him run up the middle. And that credit goes to myself, Matt Millen, and Bob Nelson. Mm-hmm. We shut their ass down in the middle. And then if you want to run in the middle and you're going to try to go outside, you got two pro bowlers. You got Ted Hiddens and Rod Martin. Right. And you got Howie Long and Lyle Zader. I give all that credit to our coaching staff, defensive coaching staff, mm-hmm. uh, Willie Brown, Chad Franklin, um, Earl Leggett, the defensive line coach, and Charlie Summer, linebacker coach and defensive coordinator. He put us in the right situation, and there's no way we could have lost that game. Reggie Kinlaw. All the props go out to Washington Redskins, but <laughs> – yeah. That was our day. Yeah, it was your day, Reggie Kinlaw. As we wrap it up, you know, Reggie, you do a lot in the community here in Vegas. You're always around. The alumni department you know, counts on you. And as you know now that we're trying to get these younger Las Vegas Raider fans, the ones who weren't there in L.A. or in Oakland, trying to develop a history with them. So what's it like for you representing the organization when you go out and maybe there's a young fan that didn't see you play, but he Googles your name, he sees your two Super Bowls, he knows you had an impact there, and you get to build the relationship with some of these new fans. Oh, yeah, it's great because I just recently just rejoined the gym, and one of the kids that work at the front desk there, he recognized my name. And um, it was a surprise that he knew everything about me. Wow. <laughs> and um, I ran into a couple other kids in the gym that, you know, we went to high school to do to play 60 and stuff like that. So it, it's, it's coming along. I mean, you know, we don't have a lot of Raider fans out here in Vegas, but, you know, they, they, they starting to click a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. They starting to click. I'll see you soon. We've got a big alumni event coming up in August. I'm sure you're going to be at training camp. And got to get this thing going, Reggie, right? This team, uh, they got good players. Max Crosby, as we talk about it. You know, Devontae and Josh Jacobs and the players that are here. But need a, a stronger edge on this defense. You go to a lot of the games. I think the defense really has to step up this year if the Raiders are going to make a playoff push. Yes, that's true. That's true. So we we got this new kid from Texas State, A&M, uh, Supposed to be a nice little pass rusher, so hopefully, you know, all these guys, you know, click together and start playing Raider football. Absolutely. Tyree Wilson, seventh pick overall. I'll see you a bunch coming up here, Reggie. Thanks for doing this today. All right. Thanks for having me, Jay. You got it. You got it, buddy. There he is, Reggie Kinlaw. Cool to get him on. Right? First team. Again, he went up against the Hogs, and the Hogs couldn't figure him out. And the guy was 6'2", 230 pounds. This was not your typical prototype down defensive nose tackle, nose guard, and I, I have him on the first team, and no one seems to be arguing that point. Two-time Super Bowl champion. There's only a few that had three Super Bowls. Cliff Branch may rest in peace. The Mad Stork, when you look at the players who were fortunate to win all three, Kinlaw was there for two of them and played in a lot of big games. Eli is out in Philadelphia. Thanks for waiting. I appreciate it. Go ahead. No problem. Thank you, JT. I am a... First-time caller. Very excited to be on with you, pal. Thank you. 
Excellent. Um, I'm uh, yeah, Black Hole uh, Philadelphia chapter member here. Nice. Very excited to talk about linebackers, and I honestly think that the the big decision here uh, after I would what I would consider the big three: Hendricks, Millen, Villapiano, is do you put Rod Martin or is it Khalil Mack as the last mm-hmm. fourth defense uh, uh, linebacker there? Um, you know, Rod Martin obviously had his tremendous career. You've spoke to it at length. But I just think that there's something to be said about, you know, being the defensive player of the year mm-hmm. as a Raider. Uh, you know, that just holds a lot of weight. And, you know, if he wasn't traded, you know that he would be continuing to be playing at just such a high level. So that's, in my mind, that's the hardest pick, I think, uh, you know, in this linebacker uh, discussion. Yes, thank you for the call. I agree with you. There was breaking news today with John Gruden's lawsuit. Big ESPN expose on Daniel Snyder going down in flames because of what I believe were the leaked emails on John Gruden. And a lot of people think it came from Dan Snyder. And when you look at when John Gruden came back here again, the decision to keep Mac or not was a financial decision. John Gruden knew how well and great of a player Khalil Mack was. It was a big, big decision financially, $60 million guaranteed with what Gruden saw lacking on the team when he took over. So that was, I wish we could go back in the hot tub time machine. I wish we could have Khalil Mack back. Organizations move on. They let go of good players. Look, how do you think the Colts and the Packers think about letting Ted Hendricks go? I mean, there's some great players who have left organizations, and hopefully you get them back and they play a big role. I grill out year-round, especially when it's hot in Vegas. Get the grilling going. Fire up the grill with Meet Up Vegas. I've been telling you about the wonderful week pack. Two pieces, eight-ounce premium Angus Bistro filet mignons. Two-piece, five-ounce premium Angus flat iron steaks. Four-piece, ten-ounce pork porterhouse chops. And a ten-piece, six-ounce premium chicken breast. Go to meetupvegas.com, code word JTBrick. Get the hookup I'm giving you. It's that big of a hookup. I grill year-round. My sons grill year-round. Get the meat that comes from the local factories here that go right to the restaurants here in town. Some of the best restaurants, this is the same meat. These are the same people behind it. They're going to hook you up like they hooked me up. Meetupvegas.com. You hear it everywhere. People stop me at airports. Meet up, guy. No, 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 no. It's, I'm just trying to give you the meat hookup. This isn't parking lot meat. This is high-end meat, the type of meat that I have delivered to my house, which is fantastic. And then the wife rolls her eyes and go, we got no room. I go, what do you mean? She goes, the outdoor fridge, the garage fridge is full. Move the meat around and uh, it's uh, get the boys out on the grill. How do you grill out at 106? You grill out fast. You get that grill ready. You have it ready. You sear both sides and you get out of there and then you eat in the air conditioning. Meet up Vegas. Code word JT Brick. Nice to talk to Reggie Kinlaw. What a blessing it is to have this opportunity every day to talk to the Raider Nation and some of the great legends. Vinny Bonsignor at the top of the hour, Raider Insider. Always appreciate when he comes on with us. We'll catch up with Vinny and then the all-time Raiders linebacker team. I have it scheduled here. Any changes? I'll let you know where I'm leaning coming up next. different for me than maybe some of the other guys because I'm born and raised in Oakland. I grew up a Raider, and I know they're in Vegas now, but to see that brick, um, it brought a lot of emotion um, 
from just Raiders of past and the Raiders of the future. And I got to find a nice little place to put that. And that's the reason why I haven't unwrapped it fully because I have to put that somewhere where I'm reminded of not only the guys who I shared the field with, but the guys who came before me, but, you know, one of the greatest organizations and the vision that Mr. Davis, the great late Al Davis, had about this organization, man. When I see that brick, that's the emotion that came over me when I, uh, when I opened it up. Kirk Morrison with me back in the day on the Legacy Brick. I have my own brick there, too, but I had to pay for it. I had to pay for my brick. Kirk Morrison got a free one because I never played a game. I just like to help out any way I can. Uh, we got a lot of proud partners here at the DeCastaverde Law Group. I've been telling you about them. Really good guys. Raider fans want to help. Their dad's legacy second to none. I often go have coffee with them, talk to them. We get into what's happening, some of their experiences. They're just too humble. They're humble gentlemen, Orlando and Alex DeCastaverde. They just want to help you any way they can, and they have a track record. If you get into an accident, 702-222-9999. So here's where I'm struggling. Where do I put Beekert, Gus Otto, Monty Johnson, Dan Connor? I know they're all deserving. They're all deserving, but where do I move them? I got Khalil Mack, Ted Hendricks, Matt Millen, Phil Villapiano, and Rod Martin. I, I just blink my eyes. I got six or seven I got five or six other guys I got a slot here. That's why I'm putting guys in honorable mention. No offense given, no offense taken. This is a radio promotion. This is not going to go into the official team archives. We're just having fun on the radio. Terry in Vegas on 920 AM. Thank you, Terry. Go ahead. JT, good afternoon. Uh, I've been enjoying your position-by-position review as I drive to lunch every day. I just wanted to make a quick nod to one of the players that uh, you mentioned today. Greg Beaker went to Colorado, where I went to school a thousand years ago, and young people probably don't know that Colorado used to be super good at college football. They were mm-hmm. loaded, especially on the defensive side, for 10 years with uh, defensive players that just littered the NFL and succeeded on all kinds of teams at all kinds of positions. But Greg Beaker played for the Raiders the same way he played for CU, just an absolute tackling machine. Reliable, durable, just a steady player that was as good the first day of the season as the last, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm holding out hope that uh, Deion Sanders might bring Colorado back to some sort of football prowess mm-hmm. here in the next two or three years. At least the excitement's back. But uh, you know, I enjoyed Greg Beaker to Colorado. Mm-hmm. If it if it moved, he tackled it sideline to sideline, and that never stopped till the day he stopped playing pro football. So that's that's one little nod or vote mm-hmm. to uh, yeah. Greg Beaker from CU. Excellent. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, Greg Beaker, hell of a guy. Well, very humble guy. Very humble. Remember when we were doing the offensive line the other day and Steve Wisniewski made our all-time team uh, right behind Gene Upshaw at guard, and I wanted him to come on the way I had Reggie Kinlaw come on today, and he was fishing with Greg Beaker up in eastern Washington. He goes, oh, I'm fishing out here with Beak. I'm like, all right. I don't, I don't think uh, – go, go back to fishing. We'll continue with the show. Very humble guy. Steve Wisniewski, Greg Beaker, man, humble class acts, and they're around the Raider organization all the time. Raider O in San Diego. Thanks for listening, part of the Raider Nation. Hey, JT. Yep, chilling by the pool here, 85 degrees, and thank God for this uh, awesome program. And and by the way, by the way, you got through the June gloom. I was just there last week for five days. Uh, The socked-in June gloom was getting to people. Now I'm I'm happy that's getting gone. We need the good weather in San Diego. Yeah, it's a beautiful day out here. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to call and give Greg Beaker his flowers. You know, um, he, he was someone that, you know, played during my time. You mentioned the huge game against the Colts and Peyton Manning. 
know, I want to call back on that game for uh, Rich Gannon's contribution, but he was so cerebral. Um, so many times he was the player that came up on third down and made the play we needed to get the offense back on the field. And he may not have the stats that say a Tim Brown would have had on those same teams in terms of, uh, you know, what their records were, but, uh, he would come up with timely sacks, timely strips. Uh, I remember, obviously, the tuck rule, tuck rule game. He's right there when Charles mm-hmm. makes what was a fumble strip. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, history was not on his side. But he was also the leader of the defense and a captain. Mm-hmm. He'd be the green dot player today. Um, you know, I think he had an, um, an impact on, uh, you know, players that followed him. Eric Barton, you know, played pretty mm-hmm. well at middle linebacker. Yeah, he was a good player. Play with Greg. And uh, so just wanted to give him, you know, a shout-out. I don't think he has – the you know exact same stats as some of the other guys, but he was definitely someone who contributed and gave it all, and that's what made a difference. Thank you. Appreciate the call. Uh, an impeccable hour of radio, and it had nothing to do with me. All the listeners, the seven or eight calls that we had are exactly why we came up with this idea. Summertime radio, right? Not talking about corn dogs and do we like Diet Coke or Coke. We're talking sports. Hate to do it. Hate to talk sports on sports radio. I know it offends some people. But I got to do some heavy lifting here to get us through the training camp, and this is what we're going to do. We're going to put together the Raiders' all-time team. In less than an hour, I'll give you my list and a couple of clues to where I'm at because it's not a final. I got Hendricks, no particular first or second team. Hendricks is on the first team. But some of the other names I have is Matt Millen, Phil Villapiano, Khalil Mack, Dan Connor, Rod Martin, And then about six guys, six guys that you could flip-flop. And if you come from old-school Raider Nation, you might be offended. If you come from new-school Raider Nation, you might be like, yeah, I like that guy. It's just been a void. This could have been one of my easier topics because there's not a lot of linebackers over the last 20 years. I hope whoever sits in this seat 20 years from now and does this promotion has four or five linebackers from 2023 to 2038 who could sit here and talk about the greatness of the Raiders at the linebacker position. We, because I'm a season ticket holder, are not going to be able to beat Kansas City consistently or Cincinnati unless we find linebackers who can play at an explosive rate. And you don't have to be the best of all time. You don't have to be Matt Millen. But you got to understand the game, and you got to understand Patrick Graham's defense. Patrick Graham last year did not have the players. They deconstructed the roster during the season. That had an effect on Patrick Graham. He didn't have the smarter, faster, more explosive players. We're all on the same page with that. Okay, they tried to do the best that they could. They didn't do good enough. Look at the Baker Mayfield 98-yard drive. Max Mad Max was held on the first play in the end zone, should have ended the game. But that Raider defense from the Rams game on, there were some struggles, and that's got to get fixed in training camp with this new-look roster on defense.